This is E-Radio. It is time for the lowdown on the mental health. Yes, he is back for the first time in 2021. And what a long wait it has been, Low. Hello. It has been too long. I'm so happy to be back. And to officially announce I've made it. I'm in the new year as well. Um, so here we are. I'm glad you're in the new year, Lo, and uh, welcome to, shall we call it season two? <laughs> season two it is, and hopefully um, this year we can inspire some more people, we can get some more people engaging and break the silence and the stigma around mental health. That's it. That's what it's all about, isn't it, Low? The lowdown on mental health. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Now, if you just tune in for the very first time, uh, Low. Who are you? Just uh, tell us a bit more about you. <laughs> so, um, first off, I am not a professional psychologist or um, a motivator of sorts, but um, I did study theology. I have my degree in theology, and by day, I am a business owner who runs four theatre schools across the country, and then I am actively campaigning for mental health awareness and I'm also the founder of the Gate of Hope Project, which is a project aimed at raising awareness for teen suicide and for depression and mental health disorders in adults. So, um, and that's why we are so thankful for the platform that eRadio provides um, to get this topic out there. Yes, and I feel so strongly about it, Lo, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we can do this. Uh, thank you also for your time. Uh, you did some amazing things recently for uh, those listening for the very first time. You had, you still have uh, the Gate of, of Hope. Just tell us quickly about the Gate of Hope and the, all those locks and what they mean. Of course. So the Gate of Hope um, is simply an initiative where we invited the public to tie green ribbons and uh, locks if they want to around uh, the gate here at my main theatre in the East Rand in Boxburg. And um, this was for anyone who either knows someone who was going through uh, mental health disorders or lost someone due to suicide or if they themselves uh, felt suicidal. And around the gate, there's also a um, little bag with papers and pens where you can write requests if you have any needs and if you would like to speak someone. And then there are, of course, also the emergency contact numbers and the numbers of some very friendly professional psychologists and psychiatrists who offer their services for free um, to anyone phoning them saying that they've been referred to. Um, to them by the Gate of Hope project um, if they need someone to talk to. And it just at the end of the day, it's basically a project to say that you are never alone. We did the same thing over Christmas yeah. uh, where we invited people to hang green bobbles um, on our gate. And I hung some green bobbles uh, for people I lost due to suicide. So it's basically just an effort to try raise awareness. And hopefully when people drive past these green ribbons, wherever it is in the country, they will know that they're not alone and that there's someone out there sharing their journey and who is also hustling day by day to get by, but who hasn't given up just yet. Lo, that's a beautiful initiative, and I really salute you for that. Uh, wow, that's, that's so nice of you. You're such a nice guy. Thank you so much. Lo, no, thank you. Listen, Lo, um, you lost uh, a lot of people also over the cu last couple of weeks or months that we've uh, we we haven't spoken. Yes. You've lost quite a few people to yeah. to suicide, and that's what we're talking about today. 
Yeah, yeah, I lost uh, three friends uh, just between the festive season and where we are now. Sure. So, um, you know, it's a body count of one a month um, at this stage of my, I call it my family because my friends really are like family to me. Mm. And um, I think where it becomes a bit difficult is especially concerning the um, socioeconomic status of the country currently, the economic challenges people are facing, and just the pure uncertainty and fear that uh, COVID-19 has brought with it. And, you know, a lot of people were strong for the first year and said, listen, we can do it. Mm. But now suddenly we're thrown into a 2020 version point two, yeah. and it doesn't feel as hopeful as we thought it would and um you know money's getting tight people are losing jobs and it leaves you with that question that is it really worth staying around for this and do i mean something to someone because um the one problem with covid is that we have gotten so good at um basically putting ourselves in lockdown that also emotionally we don't reach out to people anymore because everyone is facing their own battle and we almost feel guilty to reach out for help and say listen i need someone because you kind of feel that there are bigger problems in the world or that you don't matter as much Mm -hmm. and that you don't want to burden other people so and i think that's what makes it difficult this time around It's like I always say, the sun doesn't shine tomorrow. And I hate when people have that trait of toxic positivity where we just keep on telling them, no, just adjust your thought pattern. It will get better. Because sometimes the sun doesn't shine the next day. It doesn't Mm. shine the next week. It doesn't shine the next year. But um, I can tell you that it does shine again. No storm can last forever. And the same way this virus can't last forever. The only thing we need to focus on, um, especially when you are contemplating the darker side of life, is to stay in the moment and to stay focused on surviving, taking one breath after the other, putting one foot in front of the other. And if it's too much to take it day by day, then how take it minute by minute mm. and to give yourself that permission to know that it's okay to some days have nothing to do and not to do anything and to be kind and gentle with yourself and loving towards yourself. And of course, there are financial stresses. Of course, there are um, moments where it all just feels too much. But those are the times where we really need the people around us. And what's wonderful about this time around as well is that it's not just you going through trauma. Yeah, You can reach out to the man on the street, the woman walking her dog. You can reach out to anyone and they will tell you a story of loss. They will tell you a story of frustration. They will tell you a story of hurt. And in return, you get to share your stories. But it is in that sharing and in the acknowledgement that there is a problem um, that we actually find healing because we can't keep hiding behind our picture-perfect Instagrams and picture-perfect Facebook lives and pretend that that is reality because it's not. And there's nothing real about what we are currently facing. There is um, no sense of normality to it. So in this time, we need to use every resource and every person to our disposal. And I understand that sometimes we don't want to make a burden um, for someone else by asking them to be there for us because we feel like we're intruding already or we've already asked too much. 
but um, I think there's such great power in speaking your truth and living your truth that it brings healing to yourself. And um, just one short thing um, that I did to help me, um, especially through December, um, which was a very lonely time for me, is um, I wrote a list where I said uh, reasons I want to love. Mm. And then on the other side, reasons I don't want to love. And it's difficult to draw up a little chart like that because very quickly you can say, I don't want to live because A, B, C, and D, when you have to find the same reasons why you do want to live and why you do deserve to be here, it becomes a little bit more difficult. And, um, but I did it and I drew up a list of 10 reasons why I want to be here. And once you see that in front of you, and you see that for every reason you don't want to live, you have to force yourself to write one of why you want to be here. You'll quickly see that the wants and the needs outweigh the wants and the need of not being here. So um, it really is empowering and it is something that shows you that you still have life to live. You still have breath in your lungs. I always say, if you can just put your hand on your heart and feel it beating, that is purpose enough. There's many people who don't have that honor and that privilege. The fact that you can feel your heart beating is a sign that you are still supposed to be here. Yeah, even if it's fast or or skipping beats. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Even then. So, um, and it's something you do to um, be honest with yourself, you know. You can't um, change your past and you can't change what happened to you. You can't change your current circumstances always. Sometimes life is just really crappy and you don't have control over the moment, but you do have control over your next action. You do have control over your next thought. You do have control over your reasoning for why you want to choose to fight that battle. And there's no pride and no victory in giving up. Um, Even in a match that you are playing, if it's rugby or netball, imagine just in the middle of the game going, okay, I'm done playing. Um, You know, we could do that as kids and walk away from it. Mm. But as adults, I almost feel like we owe it to ourselves to be here. We worked so hard. We survived so much. We pushed through so many things that what is one another crappy situation? (laughs) We can push through that as well. Um, And that comes down from everything. You know, I've talked openly about molestation, about the car accident um, in which three people passed away, um, about my personal suicide attempts and um, body dysmorphia. Um, You know, I've talked about all these things apart from my mental health um, diagnosis that I face daily. And one thing I keep on reminding myself is that if I can survive myself just one more day, I can find another reason why I need to be here. And I can find, I can buy myself another day to look for answers of why I want to stay. Because it really is not just survival of the fittest, but it is survival of yourself. Mm, mm. And if you can buy yourself enough time to survive yourself daily, you will come up with enough reasons of why you would want to stay. That's so nice. I just want to backtrack a bit. Um, I haven't been there myself, so I want to ask you a question. Let's have an Oprah Winfrey moment, if you don't mind. Um, (laughs) 
it must be a really lonely place uh, when you go and sit and you you feel that you don't want to live anymore. If you had to sum it up, how does it feel? I think the problem is um, not so much the loneliness in the moment when uh, you feel that you are done, because I think you are lonely way before that. Suicide is mm. um, not necessarily the problem. It's just the, the cause of all the symptoms you've experienced already. So, or the after effect of all the symptoms that you've experienced. So where suicide gets very dangerous and what people need to look out for is when people um, start putting things in place and start planning. And they often talk about suicide. They often talk about how others would be affected if they're gone, sure. because there's almost a, a piece of acceptance in uh, suicide talk. There's a piece of yourself that feels, you know what, I've made my peace. This is what I need to do. And um, this is what I need to do to keep others happy. This is something I'm doing for myself to keep myself happy. And um, it's, it's more the acceptance that I'm afraid of than just the fact that someone um, had has had suicidal thoughts. So the suicidal behavior um, is even more triggering and alarming and that we need to watch out for. Um, Lo, apparently, I've spoken to a few people, apparently you don't always see the signs. Is that true or do we just not see them? Are we just not aware enough? It's difficult to say because I was someone that if you asked me a couple of months ago, I would just straight up tell you that people don't pay enough attention and that... Mm. Um, it's easy to see the signs, but you know, like I said at the beginning of the interview is I've lost friends that are close to me and I really believe that I was checking up on them. I believe that the intent was pure and that um, I did what I could to be there for them. Um, so it's hard. It's um, I think the best we can do is just keep on checking and keep on letting people know that they're not fighting this alone. Um, keep on providing resources um, for people to reach out to so that they don't feel bombarded by us targeting them the whole time, but that they know they, that professional help is available if you can't assist them. And um, just to constantly let people know that they're not alone and to make time and space for them. And sometimes... Mm the space is even more needed than the time because when you hold space for someone, it's a circle of non-judgment. It's not giving advice. It's not telling them they are wrong. It is simply being there for them in that moment. And um, I think that's what a lot of us miss right now is it's so hard to feel whether someone is there or not there because so few of the people we love and care for are able to be there with us physically. And, the hugging and kisses and emotions that we would feel sometimes have almost been stripped away from us and the normality of life has been stripped away from us. So um, signs, definitely, there are many warning signs and SADAG's website um, as well offers some good guidelines of signs and triggers to look out for. But apart from just the triggers and the stuff we can uh, see on face value, I would say to just be a gentler, kinder and more caring human who reaches out constantly and who is always there um, for the people you love. And to know that when someone 
takes the time to confide in you, how much courage it would have taken for them to speak out mm. and say something and not just dismiss it as someone looking for attention or someone who's again bringing their drama to the table or someone who's again bothering me with all their sadness because that's not true friendship. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Lo, just uh, lastly, you've got some interesting statistics that you would like to share with us. Yeah, so this is actually um, what the South African Depression and Anxiety Group uh, released on their uh, 2020 statistics and stuff for the year um, of last year. And it says here that um, one in three South Africans uh, do have a mental health issue at some point in their life but that um, suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages 15 and 29 years old, yet only three of the nine provinces in South Africa have child psychiatrists. And um, what's very interesting is that they say just last year alone, 30.6% of all students younger than 18 had suicidal thoughts. Sure. Um, so, I mean, that's almost half of our country mm. um, that have had or while teenagers and younger that have had suicidal thoughts. And I imagine that if we were to compare that with grown-ups, it could be even higher because of the financial stresses and challenges that grown-ups face daily. And then um, one of the other interesting uh, statistics here is that men are more four, more, four times more likely to commit suicide than women. And I think that comes from this instilled pride that men always have to be strong yeah. and boys don't cry and we don't That's talk it. about mental health issues. And what is absolutely mind-blowing for me in this whole um, situation is that South Africa spends less than a thousand rand um, per year per person for mental health care. Oh, no. So... In a country where you have uh, 30% of people yearning for um, attention, it is very interesting that there's not enough budget, there's not enough hospitals, and there's simply not enough um, government-driven projects to address this issue. And that is why we um, advise and urge people to reach out to counsellors and local religious leaders and if all else fails, even the helplines of SADAC and yeah. Lifeline's emergency line, if you really think that someone is in trouble of harming themselves. So, Lo, uh, if, if someone is listening and they're feeling suicidal or they know of somebody who is suicidal, what, what, what can they do? Can you give us those contact details? Of course. So, um, the SADAC helpline is 0800 567 Five six seven. You can also visit their website, which is just sadac.org. There's also on the website they'll find a 24-hour emergency line for counsellors that can just talk them through if they're having a low day. And there's also SMS network where they can even if they don't want to speak to someone mm. on the phone, they can text um, a counsellor from there. And then Lifeline's emergency number is 086. One three two two three two two. I'll just give that one again. It's oh eight six one three two two three two two. 
Okay, and we are also post uh, those details. And then the website is uh, sadag.org. That is S-A-D-A-G. Remember, these people are trained and professional counselors. You're not being a burden when you're phoning or texting them. They are there. They want to help you. Absolutely. I think that's what's very crucial to remember is that these people have no judgment their only job is to be there for people in need and if you really just need to blow off steam it doesn't mean that you are contemplating suicide just yet even if you just need counseling or you need an ear to be there um the sadak helpline does offer free counseling as well and then of course if it's an emergency then we're gonna um look to lifelines number to make sure that we get help for the people who need it as fast as possible. Lo, as always, uh, thank you so much uh, for what you're doing for uh, mental health and for sharing your story. You know, I know it, it takes a lot to, to share that story and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much and thank you for the platform you provide and for your time today. And your time, Lo. Now tell us, what are we going to talk about next week? Ian, I'm very excited. Next week, um, we're delving on the little bit of the lighter side of the spectrum. Um, We are chatting about how your mental health is influenced by exercise and um, what impact that can have on your mental health. So Mm. actual physical tips on how we can improve our lifestyles. Okay, so that's next week. Lo, thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Ian. Have an awesome day. You too. Take care.